But you know who isn't dead is Weird Al. No, no. thank God. Please, oh, no. Parlay, with the parlay curse, you do not need to say anything else like that. Please, <laughs> knock on wood after saying that. I know. You guys do a big Pee Wee Herman episode recently or something? <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh shit! No, but I do a really good impression of him. That's actually not <laughs> that's bad. pretty good. That's actually that's actually pretty good. Weird. That's the secret word of the day. <laughs> I find myself accidentally laughing like him sometimes, but I can't do it on purpose. Only on accident. <laughs> and now you are, but what am I? I can't. Uh, you, okay, now you got me rolling. You know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and say parlay, gentlemen. Parlay. parlay. Now I kind of want to do the introduction like this, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Parlay? That's the one. Parlay. Parlay. Great day, and welcome to our first episode of the second season of Parlay Radio. And to begin our second season, we are going to be doing simply the best marathon. That means we are hosting exclusively <laughs> best-related bands for at least the next two and a half months until Fest begins, which means we are going to be doubling up some weeks, uh... doing two episodes a week for a while. <laughs> Shut up, oh. you don't have to edit. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, we do have some very special guests on today, but first I'm going to say gentlemen introductions all around, and then I will introduce our very, very special guests. Jay Bain and I'm fat. I'm fat. You know it. I am John Coleman. I want you to, to tell your boyfriend that if he's got beef, that I'm a vegetarian and I am not fucking scared of him. I, John, I worry about you, buddy. I really okay. do. I'm Devin Hughes, and uh, I've been spending most of my life living in an Amish paradise. However, today, we have two gentlemen that are on the show. Oh, before I forget, I'm sorry. Uh, pronouns he, him for both of you. I just want to yes, be respectful. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, we do have two gentlemen on the show today that are from a band called Pangolin, based out of Orlando, Florida. You will see them this year at Fest. Please welcome Gary and Kenneth from Pangolin. <laughs> Hello. Hey, what's up? I didn't prepare a clever... Weird Al song title related introduction. That's no, okay, guys. You don't got to worry about that. It's okay. <laughs> well, oh, hey, we what's do, up? We do have to mention, though, because they actually mentioned that at the uh, start of before I started recording when we were doing a nice little introduction, and then I forgot to hit the record button because it took me an hour to drive seven miles to get home today. Uh, we do want to pay our respects and say uh, rest in peace, both Sinead O'Connor and Paul Rubens. Uh, Paul Rubens, as we know, is Pee Wee Herman for a number of years. Don't know if it's related or not, but uh, he did pass away from cancer, and he was the type of person who was a heavy smoker and actually never got photographed with a cigarette in hand because he didn't want kids to see it. So I appreciate that for Paul Rubens. And, of course, Sinead O'Connor, very iconic, oddly only a one-hit wonder, but we know there is reason why, and we might cover that in a future episode. However, one of the most powerful voices to come out of the late 80s and early 90s. Definitely say that. So, gentlemen, I'm going to introduce the band that we are covering today. Or the man, I should say, that we're covering today. Because it's a little strange. Weird, in fact. So I'm just going to jump right into it. Alfred Matthew Yankovic, better known as his stage name, Weird Al, 
is an American musician born in Downey, California in 1959. Best known as the Parody King, Al has written parodies of artists across five decades, gauging various artists from Joan Jett to The Knack, Michael Jackson, Nirvana, Coolio, P. Diddy, Lady Gaga, and many more. Additionally, Al has taken his talents to produce and star in the cult classic film UHF and biography parody film Weird, The Al Yankovic Story, as well as guest spots and cameos on a number of other movies. As we do with all of our guests, we allow them to choose the artist that they want to cover. So, gentlemen, why Weird Al? I'll <sighs> let you kick it off, Kenneth. Okay, that's a big question. Weird Al, I can speak for myself. I'm Kenneth, so you can tell the voices apart. Uh, Weird Al's been like a personal hero uh, to me since I first discovered him around the, uh, the Poodle Hat album was the newest one when I jumped on board. And I always say, especially with Pangolin, a lot of my influences for the band are less music related and more comedy related. So like I find Weird Al and like Conan O'Brien and his late night show uh, as like bigger in inspirations for what I bring to the band and what we I try to get us to do than even like a lot of uh, musicians and stuff. And so we covered a Weird Al original on our last uh, like mainline album, I guess, volume two, Now That's the Spirit. And uh, yeah, we just we just try to carry that spirit of silliness with us uh, in some way or form in anything that we do. Yeah, same with me. I mean, I discovered Weird Al probably earlier than that in the whole you know Amish Paradise era when the Coolio parody was really big and everywhere. And but I had known of Weird Al pretty much my whole youth, right? Like any any kid growing up in the '90s. Um, you know or or late 80s 90s knew a weird owl you know it was comedy it was dumb he had a tv show for kids on saturday mornings you know you could not know who weird owl was i don't have exactly the same storied <laughs> hardcore fanship that kenneth does yeah. but i always had a mutual appreciation for weird owl and his musicianship a because mutual appreciation because he appreciates you as well as he, you appreciate he appreciates him. me as actually as, that's actually that's we have a story kind of true yeah, we'll have we a story have, about yeah. that later but um but uh i had really kind of when 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 we started this band this iteration of it i me and kenneth kind of bonded over just comedy and and music and stuff like that naturally weird al came a part of those conversations and it really made me kind of re-engage with his entire catalog uh, more so I had always known that his musicianship beyond the parody and stuff like that was just phenomenal but really going back and digging deep into you know his earlier stuff his original stuff that I had not done as much previously is where kind of just like really more more so in recent years than ever have I grown for a huge love of Weird Al yeah. I think because of that re-engagement from meeting Kenneth and us doing Pangolin and yeah, I mean, huge, huge fan and uh, always will be. Plus, looking at the list of, of available artists, it just seemed like someone needs to talk about Weird Al. And if we don't, I fear no one else will. Right. And especially in like the, the punk rock world, it was like, we, yeah, we could do Blink. Uh, we could do Newfound Glory. We could do, you know, yeah, all these uh, the, these uh, more obvious bands, I guess. And I was like, no, 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 no. Weird Al deserves yeah. our, our our admiration publicly. <laughs> I feel like knowing our connection to Weird Al and like having done a cover. Yeah. You know, 
like it would have been a disservice not to we couldn't have let this go and you know nobody select yeah. weird al you know? bermuda schwartz would have been disappointed in us right uh, don't disappoint yeah. john don't yeah. disappoint john yeah i i do want to point out one thing too so this is me telling an embarrassing story about myself that is when I made the post in our uh, lovely Fest Friends group, which shout out to everyone in that for not only commenting, but also just engaging. Kenneth had commented his own band, and I said, oh, I love those guys. <laughs> because I knew the band, but I didn't know any of your names. Because I was just like, I, I was only familiar with the tunes, and that was it. And I never bothered to learn band members' names because I'm terrible with names. <laughs> So I, I yeah, I'm, I'm an idiot, um, but I really do appreciate you coming on. And I will say Weird Al was the very first album that I ever owned. Um, I had the UHF soundtrack. Wow. I, All right. I had that and Bare Naked Ladies Stunt. Those were the first two. And that, that was 98, I think. I was like 11. And uh, I, I got hooked at that point on i had the tapes back in the day of dare to be stupid and off the deep end but i didn't have the cd until uhf and i remember listening to it and at the time i was not familiar with the parodies that were on there the original songs so the whole time i'm thinking oh this is the weirdest coolest original weird al album <laughs> ever <laughs> And uh, yeah, I was an ignorant 11 year old and eventually got to hearing everything else. And I'm like, oh, this is uh, wow. I'm a fucking moron. OK, <laughs> but I still enjoy it. It's something that I have tried to find via store. If I can find a vinyl copy of that, I know I can order it through his website, but I like actually going out and doing the record shopping, all of that. Yeah. yeah. Of, you mean of the UHF soundtrack? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I know That's I can get one. everything else. Yeah, uh, I'm not worried about that. But UHF is like one of those uh, fun little rarities that that you happen to come across here and there. Also, John still has the cheese it box on his desk. I'm, uh, I'm very proud of him for that. We recorded uh, Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington tribute episode about a week ago. John had three boxes of different snacks on his desk that he magically changed into another snack about every ten minutes or so. So every time we would look, he had baked cheese on his desk. Then we looked again and it was Cheez-Its. Then we looked again and it was Nutri-Grain bars. And we're like, what the fuck is going on over there? <laughs> so, Variety is the spice of life. I need my snacks. That's I true. I feel that. I feel that. I appreciate the transformations too. That's good. Yeah. Showmanship. Yeah. He's Magical a magician. mustache man. So, uh, Jay, what about Weird Al for you? You know, I mean, other than growing up listening to a lot of his singles that kind of came out and later on you know being a mtv vh1 junkie for years and years up until my teen years when they stopped actually playing music um i always anytime a weird al video would come on i would make sure to pay attention to it and enjoy it, it i was never i was never the biggest weird al fan I, I i've always had a respect for him as i got older i definitely appreciate the ability that he has to really turn any song into just pure gold really um <laughs> one thing that i did at work today that was actually really cool you know everybody knows weird al i uh started polling everybody that i work with and i said hey when you think of weird al yankovic name the first two songs that you think of and I tell you, you can definitely tell generational gaps just from Weird Al. 
Oh, yeah. The man has had a 40-year career and countless, countless hit singles. And every single, like, person came up with a different song. And everything spanning from the, the 80s stuff all the way up until some of the more recent stuff. And it, it's really cool to see how really evergreen music and and comedy music specifically can really be john you are the uh baby of the bunch uh what about oh, weird out of you he he is like our younger brother he's it's about a seven or eight year gap between us uh, i feel like he really was the first to really do a genuine like curveball in the music industry in my mind like when i think of it like he's super musically and artistically talented and gifted and like it's it's obvious from the work he kind of does because anybody can like spoof a song and i think it's a lot more common now just because a lot of people saw how successful weird al got for doing it and not to say he can't do his own original stuff because he does have his original stuff as well but his spoofing to be able to do it in such a tasteful manner and like actually have a standard for it is very different in the spoofing thing and i really enjoy it whether it's you know white and nerdy because that's the first thing i would answer your question jay is like for me it's white and you white and nerdy and yoda those are the two that come to me but it's just hilarious and the fact that he does actually hold himself to the standard to get permission from an artist to do it before you know just doing it it's pretty you know it's just respectful and admirable when you, when you go for that and he does it in a way that's you know not distasteful i don't know i think it's all really good fun and very talented to be able to do it in such a successful way is very gifted. I met him at a swap down in Dagoba where it bubbles all the time like a giant carbonated soda. Anybody? It's soda, soda. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So to get a little bit weird, we're going to go ahead and start with some numbers. This week, it's me with the numbers. So according to RIAA, Weird Al has sold more than 12 million albums. That is certified 12 million. He is 12 times gold, 13 times platinum, 14 studio albums, 2 soundtracks, 9 compilation albums, 11 video albums, 2 EPs, 2 box sets, 46 singles, and 54 music videos. He has been active since 1976 but he didn't hit his first music video until 1981. So that is still a very, very storied career with just that. As far as Grammys are concerned, with awards, he has been nominated 16 times. He has five wins. A uh, couple little odd facts about him. He didn't have a number one album until 2015 with Mandatory Fun almost 40 years after his debut. He has had the same band member since 1983. I don't think anyone else that we cover on this list, period, can say that. So, almost, well, actually 40 years this year. He, he used to take dates to see the Naked Gun in theaters, <laughs> in which he has a cameo, and he would wear the shirt that he's wearing in the movie. <laughs> I can't even. I don't know if anybody knew that or not. Guy. So they would literally look at the screen, point at the screen, point at him, and he would act like nothing's going on. Like, eh? That's a big flex. Classic Al. Yeah. Biggest flex. <laughs> and that was also when he had the fro and the mustache and wore his glasses. So it was before he became long-haired Al. Right. So he looked even nerdier. It's perfect. 
John, are you are you kind of throwing back because you miss your hair? What what's going on there, buddy? <laughs> no, I, I mentioned just hair. I'm sorry, I had to. <laughs> no, I just realized that in one of my favorite video games, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, he was the announcer. Yeah, he was the voice of that. That is insane. You said in, in a video game? Yeah. There was a he, video game. He does for that? a lot of voiceover work. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. just saying. There was a Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy video game? Yeah. Wow. My mind has just been blown. I All these everybody. facts that I'm finding out about him right now is just blowing my mind. Did you know <laughs> that he was, he played himself? Uh, sorry, he was the voice of Isaac Newton in the epic rap battles of history? Yes. It's yes. mm-hmm. a very good one, too. Oh, gosh. That's great. So, uh, continuing on with numbers for Spotify, he has 1.1 million monthly listeners. Uh, he has 2.52 million YouTube subscribers. And then his top-rated song is, of course, White and Nerdy with 165 million. Actually, I'm sorry. That is his YouTube video was 165 million views. Uh, another couple facts. He started playing accordion because of a door-to-door salesman offering either guitar lessons or accordion. A lot of people who are Weird Al fans know this. His parents chose the accordion, thinking it would, quote, revolutionize rock. (laughs) They were so right. They were were right. Not wrong one bit. Uh, Another couple things. He started kindergarten early, and he skipped second grade. Hell yeah. Yeah, she checks out. Successful. He, he like, graduated valedictorian of his high school at, like, 16 or something. Yep. Yep. Two years younger than everybody. He also has a bachelor's degree in architecture from California Polytechnic State University. There are also four NASA astronauts that graduated from that college as well. So he's a smarty pants. Think of the alternate reality where he uses his architecture degree and he makes parody buildings. Yeah, buildings that look like other buildings. <laughs> yeah, it's like a like funny version of, <laughs> of famous buildings. I would Sears love to Tower. see the accordion building that he could put together. <laughs> he makes the, the uh, Leaning Tower of Pisa, but it's just straight. Yeah. <laughs> up and down. Turns, the, turns the St. Louis Arch into an accordion. Yeah. <laughs> No, he turns it into a McDonald's arch, and you know that. Yeah. <laughs> the Eiffel Tower, but one less leg, so it's the Eiffel Pyramid. <laughs> oh, my God. The Colosseum, but it's square. Yeah, square Colosseum. <laughs> That's just the Parthenon, right? Yeah, I, I do wonder if he actually still uses his architecture degree at all, because I would imagine that he probably had input behind his house or something, unless he just bought one off the street oh. or maybe he had it built. I may, I may be entirely wrong about this, but I want to say I read somewhere that some, he had some like very hands. I mean, anybody should be hands on with a house that's being built. Something about like he had a house built in Hawaii or something like that. He has a house in Hawaii. And something, I re, this was ages ago, but I want to remember, just want to say I remember reading somewhere about it. It just, it may have just been a blurb mission, like weird. It was like on a housing thing, but it, I don't know, this is very boring, but <laughs> But but it was like Al, who is also uh, you know has a degree in architecture, blah blah blah. You know, it's like and it started to name off. You know, you can just edit this part. Out. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> leaving it in. This is going no, nowhere. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. We we love those stories going nowhere. It's like listening to my grandfather talk. <laughs> like ninety percent of what I put on here. My day, weird Al had a mustache. <laughs> I remember the fro. It looked like he had a perm. I saw him. Him and Randy Savage elbow drop a hamster. <laughs> that did happen. That hamster still won the fight. Because he yep. was Harvey. 
It wasn't just a regular hamster. He's a wonder He's hamster. He's a wonder hamster. <laughs> How many weasel stomping days have you celebrated? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the campaign to uh, what the war on weasel stomping day. Or, like all the boomers talking <laughs> yeah. about the war on Christmas. <laughs> Starbucks doesn't even put weasels on their cups anymore. <laughs> Make Weasel Stomping Day great again. Yeah. Oh, you can't say Weasel Stomping Day anymore. You gotta say Wubby a Day. All these woke fools with their anti-Weasel Stomping Day agendas. Making us stomp guinea pigs, it's a goddamn shame. <laughs> It's, it's hamster stopping day now. Uh, no, we can't do that because Harvey will kick your ass. <laughs> That's why, because Harvey is impervious. Yeah, you can't stop Harvey. Look, if Harvey beat Randy Savage, then obviously someone needs to stop him. Yeah, he must be stopped. He must be stopped. I still remember the the Disney Channel special that he did of him on tour. And they do the Secret Service bit of him running through the mall to get to his signing, and then he shows up, and there's just one little kid going, "You're not Barney." <laughs> I don't think I've seen that. That's awesome. I I think you can find it on YouTube. I'll send you a link uh, cool. once I get a hold of it. But as far as numbers and just weird little facts, that is all I have. Uh, I will say he has also been a TRL number one, but ninety percent of our listeners don't know what TRL is. So John, I what's TRL? Say that one more time and use it in a sentence. <laughs> TRL starred this person in the 90s. Oh, is this like an MTV thing? Yeah. Yes, John. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for ruining my jokes. <laughs> well, who is Carson Daly? Who oh, is Carson Daly? Is that like, is Carson Daly? Is that like, is Carson Daly like a weird friend of Rush Limbaugh? Like his cousin or something? It, uh, I don't know. <laughs> hey, it's Hollywood, baby. Is Who knows? Is he a Today Show host now? I don't think he's a Any Day host. I don't think he's doing anything. <laughs> John, John, I'm more or less worried about what would happen if you were on medication. That That's more my concern. You know, I probably still wouldn't be as successful as Weird Al, though. Even if I was. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Have you seen his filmography list on Wikipedia? He's been in a number of things. He does a lot of cameos. That is his big thing. And he will he he will play the smallest parts wherever he can. Did you yeah, know he was in like Halloween 2? Yeah. Oh, like yeah. He's there for a minute. Just for a TV show interview. Like, what? He, he's got to be, I mean, besides, like, major voice actors who are also happen to be celebrities, Weird Al has to have the most cartoon cameos as himself of any other like celebrity or artist in history it's got to right probably it's yeah. gotta be up there jay i know you're pretending to be frozen because i could see you moving every now and then <laughs> <laughs> no, i don't know i i love this like i didn't know all this stuff about weird al this is awesome i did, i no idea that he was the voice of banana of the banana man in adventure time that doesn't yes. surprise me i'm sorry what's what what's that adventure time what is that you know about adventure time it's an animated television it's a phenomenal <laughs> show. What's what's a television? Jay, it's remember the moving picture thing I brought you to? Oh! And we the movie the pictures. Yeah. The cinema. Yeah, this smaller version. There's a smaller cinema? Smaller. Is that like the nickel, the one where you put the nickel in and you see the little pretty lady and she takes her... Never mind. You're hey, five no, months older show. than me, fucker. Don't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to lyrics and live shows. 
Nope, that's me today. Oh, shit. Yeah. I don't keep track. Yeah, don't throw that curveball at you. This is like the eighth this is like what? the eighth episode in a row that I've had lyrics. So, uh, well, we're back to regular rotation, and also, All right. granted, I, it's okay. I was I was happy with this. Of the twenty-three bands that responded to that post, I I think I've confirmed fourteen, so including I'm be you doing guys. Lyrics, lyrics fourteen times in a row. Yeah, it'd be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else switches, just me. I stay. Yeah. So for lyrics today, uh, I decided to stick with three songs and tried to kind of keep it in the different eras that Weird Al has. You know, like I said, depending on when you started listening to him, really depends on what songs of his you you know the best. So the first one we're going to talk about is Fat. <laughs> yes, John, I am fat. I had to make sure that you knew that before covering this. Thank you for <laughs> shaming me. Uh, Fat's first single off the 1988 album Even Worse it's the second Michael Jackson parody that Weird Al had done, the first being Eat It, which was a parody of Beat It. I never figured uh, that out. Thank you. <laughs> Bad also being a parody of Michael Jackson's song, Bad. Peaked on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 at 99, which I thought was kind of low considering how that song was kind of everywhere. But radio play, not really getting that too, too much. Uh, there's nearly 12 million Spotify streams for this song at time of recording. This uh, music video for it actually won Al a Grammy in 1988 for best concept music video. Apparently it was only like a, a two-time uh, category that they actually had at the Grammys, the other one being won by Genesis for Land of Confusion the year before. Um, I guess after Al won it, nobody else needed to ever again. I was going to say Thriller, maybe. No, well, they, they had a best music video category, and it eventually turned into the best concept music video category, and then later on changed into something completely and totally different. So okay. at least the Grammys are some, were somewhat evolving back in the day. You can't say that about them now. So the video itself is a close parody of Jackson's Beat It with Weird Al and I believe from what I had read, uh, he was in a 110-inch around fat suit during filming for it. Uh, and his group of overweight dancers acting all badass in subway. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. That was really back when a lot of music videos were, were the selling point for so many albums. And the fact that he was able to get that one made and get it out there. It's a really entertaining one if you haven't checked it out. Can I give you a really fun fact about that video? I know this is this segment. <clears throat> no, that go ahead. That suit and the special effects makeup was done. I had to look this up so I could remember the name of the guy. But a guy named Kevin Yeager, who also worked on Freddy Krueger and the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt. No kidding. That is so cool. I recently watched the like bad video and the fat video back to back. And the number of like one-to-one -one direct shot-for-shot mm -hmm. shot parody moments it's like those videos were like as good as like airplane and like all of those old old school spoof movies not the newer like epic movie horrible ones but like the one they were good uh it's so good and it's actually the weird al video shot on the actual set for the um 
for the Michael Jackson video. They used the same set like right before they tore it down. He tends to uh, use a lot of the same stuff in his videos. I know later on, whenever they did the Smells Like Nirvana video, they actually used the same janitor and a couple of the same cheerleaders in that one yeah. as well. Yeah. So, and, and one of the cool things to know too about Weird Al, I believe most all of his videos after I think 1986, he's directed himself. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Not only is he an amazing musician, he puts out hella good videos. Ding dong, man. Ding dong. <laughs> Ding dong, yo. No, man. No. So the uh, second our second song that we're going to cover is going to be Amish Paradise, which is the first single off of 1996's Bad Hair Day. And it was a parody of Coolio and LV's 1995 hit Gangsta's Paradise, which is most notably known from the Dangerous Minds soundtrack. And that song heavily sampled Stevie Wonder's 1976 song, Pastime Paradise. I listened to Pastime Paradise for the first time today. It, 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 it's almost verbatim. <laughs> it's just <laughs> past, it, it's, it's Stevie Wonder with rapping over it. <laughs> a little bit of different lyrics in the chorus. Everything else is the same. Huh. Still good. Amish Paradise peaked at number 53 on Billboard's Hot 100, currently at 36 million Spotify streams at time of recording. And again, just like the previous video, the music video heavily parodies the original uh, with a few minor tweaks, um, talking and displaying about the daily Amish life, milking, uh, milking cows, churning butter, you know, all that kind of stuff, raising barns and raising another. <laughs> Uh, the best part about that video, though, is the fact that they, he was able to get Florence Henderson, and yes, that Florence Henderson portraying the Michelle Pfeiffer character in it. <laughs> That's awesome. Damn right. And uh, John, we, we may discuss this song a little more later on in your segment of controversies, possibly. This song did have a handful of problems when it came to Coolio, and hopefully we'll tap more into that a little bit later on. He had one problem, and that name was Coolio. (laughs) Was was that the first time Al was ever seen without a mustache? That video? Yeah, like, wasn't that his big public display of his, like, new look? I think he still has a mustache in that video. No, he No, he doesn't. And actually, the whole Amish thing where it's just a chin strap. Maybe it was. Because that's what I keep. That's I. That's a core memory. Smells like Nirvana. I don't think he had one in it. Uh, he oh, yeah, generally right. is the Ricky like video. a the Ricky. Oh yeah, the Ricky video. He is like a putty or plaster to cover his mustache for mm. the longest time because the when he actually shaved it was for running with scissors. Yeah, yeah. Because he did it for the Saga Begins music video and then just left it off. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because that's a core memory in my head of seeing. Uh, Amish Paradise and being like, where the fuck is this mustache? <laughs> you know? And what yeah, a great life lived. Somewhere around here. <laughs> <laughs> the centerpiece of my entire life, Weird Al's mustache. My, yeah. my entire mental health <laughs> hangs on the... the hangs the, on his lip. What? <laughs> hangs on his lip. <laughs> it's okay. It's framed in his house. We can break in and steal it at some point. It's in the archive right next to our CD. Yeah. <laughs> So the last song we're going to cover is his most famous song, uh, definitely most popular, is White and Nerdy, which is the second single from 2006, Straight Outta Linwood album. It's a parody of 
Chameleonaire, Chameleonaire, Charizard. Charizard, that's it. Charizard and Crazy Bones is Raiden. It is Yankovic's first and only Billboard Hot 100 Top 10 hit. It peaked at number nine. It was certified platinum by the RAA in the US, and it was the first uh, Weird Al single to achieve this. Uh, another record that he actually hit was his first appearance in the Hot 100 chart. Uh, I'm sorry, it was the uh, first time a top 10 uh, hit had come to an artist for their first time uh, with the longest period from when they first debuted, which his first uh, debut in the top 100 was uh, Ricky in 1983. So taking 23 years to actually hit that milestone of top 10 is shows the longevity and shows the fact that he just kept growing and growing as a musician. It has 33 million Spotify streams currently. And Weird Al has actually gone on record saying that it's, it is the most autobiographical song he's ever made. Uh, <laughs> obviously. Yes! Duh. Yeah. <laughs> so in a Washington Post interview, he said, quote, I was two years younger than everybody in school. I didn't go through puberty at the same time. I didn't learn to drive at the same time. I was a straight A student, a high school valedictorian. I was always a nerdy kid. The video itself has a slew of nerd culture stars and Donny Osmond for some strange reason, because he's <laughs> the widest person that Weird Al can think of. Yeah, It's cool. worth watching uh, just for the laughs of it. It is a who's who of nerddom and, and the fact he got Key and Peele in it way before they actually hit superstardom. Um, Seth Green is in it. There's shout outs to so many different things. And one of the best things about that song, how many times have you ever heard of a top 10 hit shouting out Dungeons and Dragons? I love that. <laughs> That's the best. It's so good. It's a great video. About that, huh? <laughs> I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here a while. It's okay. <laughs> I'll see you guys uh, at <laughs> fest. Yeah. I know that uh, Chameleon Air said that Weird Al is the reason that he won a Grammy for that song. Uh, he actually... That, like... Oh, go ahead. Oh, just that, that that Weird Al's parody like elevated his original song to the point of being, you know, able to win a Grammy. It's the Weird Al bump. That's he... why Madonna pursued him. That's right. For so long. <laughs> for a romantic relationship. But yeah. Everything just fell apart. Yeah. I learned that in a movie. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a shame whenever you hook up with an evil dictator in South America yeah. for your cocaine business. We've all been there. Wait, have talking about Madonna, Weird Al? Or <laughs> oh, you Madonna? haven't seen Weird the, Al, Weird the Al Yankovic story? I haven't. You need oh, to watch that. I have not. <laughs> I know. I was like, someone was telling me, have you seen the movie? I'm like, no, and I don't have time to watch it today. <laughs> even if that was, even if I wasn't a huge Weird Al fan, that would still have been my movie of the year, <laughs> like easily. It was, it's so good. It's so good. Did we have a premiere party for that? I had one, but you I don't think one. you came. I don't think you made it. Yeah, I had my own little premiere party, <laughs> and then we watched it again when we went to Nashville. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, um, he actually has a couple different nominations for production as well as writing credits for that movie this year. It, I'm not yeah, sure it, of the awards. And like what the? Please say Razzie. Please say Razzie. It's not Razzie. It's Damn! I love it. Why when would it be Razzies? I love it when Arlong get Razzies. This is cinema. Yeah, 
No, yeah, the movie got like eight Emmy nominations or something because it, t- it technically counts as a TV movie because it has commercial breaks on it. <laughs> it has commercial breaks, yeah, because it was on the Roku channel. Yeah. I just love the fact that we have so many Razzie Award nominated and winning Parlay alum. It's fun. It's our favorite award on this show. <laughs> it is. It is definitely the favorite one. So finally, I'm going to cover Weird Al's live shows for a little bit. And I watched uh, a couple of um, a couple of live performances that he had given. They look like they are the most fun to go to. And I'm actually really sad I've never seen him live. Super high energy. Handful of costume changes throughout the entire thing. All the big videos get the, the crazy outfits for him as well. And it just, it looks like a blast. Um, Al's facial expressions alone, I think, are worth the price of admission. That man has the best control over ridiculous facial, like, contortions I've ever seen. Maybe Jim Carrey might be the only other one I could think of on par. (laughs) And the best part about it, too, is the whole band gets solos. What? I mean, you have to think in terms of the bands they parody as well because they have to have a good amount of talent to them in order to play like that yeah they have to hit every genre of music that's been popular in the last 40 50 years yeah (laughs) so recently and this is this is something that's a little separate from weird al but this is something that definitely goes into it recently i read an interview uh that nuno betancourt had and i don't know if any of you guys are familiar with nuno um, he is a guitar god. Uh, anybody out there who has not heard of him, go check out Extreme. My uncle was a huge fan of them, and the fact that I grew up listening to them made my life that much better. Um, Nuno is is one of the greatest guitarists alive, I honestly think. And Nuno was also the guitarist, the touring guitarist for Rihanna uh, a couple of years ago. And, quote... I'm sorry, most of the guitar players who I admire could not play and could not in their lifetime play that gig, talking about playing for Rihanna. And the reasons why were because he said during every show, you're going through almost every kind of musical genre. You're going through crazy changes in time. You're playing against backing tracks at some times. And the fact that one of the greatest guitarists alive says that a job a job like that is difficult is extremely hard and most people couldn't do it that plays true for weird al's band because think of how many different types of songs they've parodied throughout his entire career i mean you're you're talking everything from 80s new wave to 90s grunge rap rock polka for fuck's sake it's all over the place the fact that that band can keep up with it that well is absolutely phenomenal. And you also have to think in terms to eat it itself. Beat It's guitar solo is Eddie Van Halen. Who? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even one. a Van Halen fan, but still. <laughs> I love Eddie. Cool. I love Eddie. <laughs> but his guitarist has to mimic that same technique whenever they play it live. And does he? Yes. 100%. I have seen Weird Al live twice, which by the way, favorite concert ever. There, there is no exception to that. There is no comparison to that. 
I'm sure you're great live, but he's better. <laughs> no offense. No offense. No offense. I look forward no to your set, but I'm going to come up on stage in a Weird Al costume and go, what the hell is this? <laughs> uh, which tours did you see Weird Al on? So I saw Al on the Running With Scissors tour and then Poodle Hat. Oh, okay. Cool. I've seen him three times, and it was the last three times he came through Orlando, and that was the Mandatory World Tour, uh, the Strings Attached Tour when he toured with a full orchestra, and then last year for the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised vanity tour. Yes. <laughs> and each, each of them was like mind-blowing in a completely different way because that mandatory tour was the classic standard Weird Al concert that, that you were just describing um, with all the costume changes and everything like that. The orchestral one was just insane. Uh, he played a bunch of songs that he had never played before because they have orchestral elements. So he played like Jackson Park Express and Jurassic Park and Harvey the Wonder Hamster, full orchestra backing. What's the one? Um, the Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota. Yeah, oh all of, yeah played all that. And then the, the self-indulgent tour was the all deep cuts only, no hits, no parodies, just the originals that most people would never recognize. Like Mr. Frump and the Iron Lung. Mr. Frump and the Iron yeah. Lung. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, or, I mean, there were, there were hits, but they were like the original hits. Like, they to be stupid and, you know. Yeah. Did he play checks in the mail? No. 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 I would, I would, Albuquerque? I would, I would like to see that. <laughs> I would love to see uh, Albuquerque. Yeah, he played Albuquerque. He, I've, I've, the couple times I've seen him, he's never played it. It was. Do Hardware Store live. Oh, yeah, I want to see Hardware Store. That's my favorite Weird Al song. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Albuquerque Live, I was just like, this song, as good as it is on the album, it actually is better live. And it feels like it was meant to be played live because it's so conversational and storytelling focused. And when they do it live, he adds in so many jokes. He extends jokes. He Like the list of donuts that he asks for at the donut shop, <laughs> he adds like 10 extra donuts to that list. Um, and it's just it's just ridiculous it's so good i feel like that's one <clears throat> i feel like that's one that's deep enough of a deep cut but also well enough known to where if we were to choose a weird al song to cover other than i'll be mellow when i'm dead which we recorded yeah i feel like it would have to be that one yeah it, it would have to be, but it would take up half our set time most of the shows <laughs> we play <laughs> yeah last year last year when the fest was uh kept, kept tweeting about or xing i should say now um about Tell Oh, take it back. <laughs> Go back and say tweeting. When the fest was tweeting about who's going to do a Weird Al cover set at fest, uh, we didn't realize it's because they already had one. And but we were like, let us do it, please. We want. We will do it. Like, yeah, we can do this. Yeah, we already have one down. We'll learn more. <laughs> yeah. Also, you know, with real quick side note, with Twitter now being X, does anybody else get Twitter notifications? I'm sorry, X notifications, and immediately think I have a goddamn missed phone call. No, I honestly just think X is going to come and bring it to me. X going to give it to you. Fuck, wait for you to get it on your own. X going to deliver it. To you. I heard, you know, he's there. X is just going to come out here and, you know, put him down and set up shop for me, you know? Shut him down, open up shop. I'm That's the writer's well. That's just yeah, how it goes. I, I refuse to call it X. I will not do that. <laughs> I refuse. It's going to be Twitter. Use it. It's. They have to go back on that, right? Like, there's no way it can stay. Well, number one, the trademark, and we're getting way off topic here, but the <laughs> this trademark is what we is, do. Don't worry. <laughs> the trademark is like 
all over the damn place in terms of like Meta owns one of the trademarks in terms of use for social media and interactive applications. Um, Microsoft owns one of the trademarks Everything. for X and like another medium that technically classifies as Twitter. And it's like, there's no way <clears throat> this idiot's going to get away with like actually doing this. He's going to have to roll it back or if, I give it a year before this is a write off on his QuickBooks, you know, and it's all just gone forever. <laughs> but what if, what if he just ends up setting up shop on Mars and, you know, and he's like, well, I'm branding this from Mars. So your earthly, you know, trademark and regulations have no effect here. Well, clearly so he would shut him down, open up shop on Mars. I was going to exactly. say clearly no, then we would just nuke mind. Mars, but that's just I, me. So I was at Aquatica <laughs> over the weekend and there was a dude wearing a shirt that literally said nuke Mars. Now, Devin, <laughs> if we nuked Mars, that would be quite the controversy, wouldn't you say? That would be. You're trying to transition I and if... I, I appreciate you, but fuck no, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy talking about X here. I don't know if nuclear <laughs> anti-proliferation laws go into space. I, I mean, I don't know the logistics of it either. I, I, mean, I do I'm know. I'm a logistics specialist, and I don't know either. We we have two Twitter accounts for this show. We have one that is actually the Parlay Radio Twitter, which I don't even touch at this point because there's no point to it. And then we have one that is a parody of a band that we previously covered. That is, uh, we don't mention their name, but they're headstrong to take you on. They'll take on anyone. <laughs> they are uh, Voldemort. And, uh, yeah, we, we call them Voldemort the band just because we don't want to give them any sort of consideration. And all I do with that, I spelled it backwards, and I just talk about very, very liberal left-wing things. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, and I, and I tag them in it. We actually, when we did our episode covering them, uh, the week of, I tagged them in every promo video we had. And then their TikTok got deleted. It was hilarious. And then uh, there's another one now, so I've been able to re-tag them in the promo videos, including all of the tweets that the singer did, uh, you know, expressing his feelings towards underage girls and Quag whatnot. Mark. Yeah, quoting, Quag thankfully. Mark. Quoting. But just, I, I, I just want him offline so bad. <laughs> I just yeah. want him off this world. Can he go to Mars with Musk, too? That'd be yeah. cool. That'd be Shoot cool. both of them fuckers up in a rocket and just <laughs> blow it. And then nuke Mars. <laughs> and then nuke Mars. Yeah, what, Prob what is Mars doing? What the fuck do we need Mars for anyway? It just yeah. sits there in the sky all red it and shit. It doesn't have water anymore. It doesn't have <laughs> any sort of, no trace of any sort of like valuable minerals. It doesn't have um, McDonald's. It doesn't have weird allies, too. But there is a Starbucks. <laughs> There's a Starbucks on Mars. Yeah. But they still won't put weasels on the cups. Yeah. No. Damn it. Nice wait, callback. Wait, does Ocean Gate make shuttles? Not oh. yet. <laughs> too soon? Too have soon? An empty, have an empty Coke can here. Oh. <laughs> SpaceX Ocean Gate mashup. I mean, I know he's just trying to file it, like file for bankruptcy, just so he can claim it. That's one hundred percent what it is. He, yeah, he literally, his mouth wrote a check that his ass can't cash, and he's trying to run it into the ground so he can then write it off on his taxes. Yeah, maybe he thought if he were to become a billionaire and then become bankrupt, he'd be able to run for president next. 
Genius. Wait, it's, no, he does, he's not gonna try. He's not even. That has proven to somehow be successful. <laughs> he's uh, he was not born on U.S. territory or soil. Yeah, so yeah, when you got oh, dollars, yeah. like, uh, you can change get things. Get out of here. <laughs> you can change things. Like your birth certificate. Yeah, I need to see his birth certificate. Yeah, I need to see. Show me his. We're all going to be Elon Musk birthers. Yeah. <laughs> this is how Obama oh felt, you idiot. I need to see that man's birth certificate personally to be able to give him my vote. See this Haitian birth certificate that's printed in English? See? <laughs> or Kenyan or whatever it was. <laughs> I'm sorry, the mere fact that I think, Jay, did you have a little bit of uh, your drink go up your nose there, buddy? <laughs> I got water in my nose. <laughs> He's, done. Yeah. He's done for the get day now. He's out. It's a doubtful account. Somebody I, ring the bell. We're not even really like pot. we're not even really like delaying controversies. I just know it's so minimal that at this point it's like eh. <laughs> we're just filling for time. <laughs> so yeah, but there are less the controversies and more just like interesting stories. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I got 21 fun facts. Oh, <laughs> shit. Why did I give him Could have made computer? that 27. No. <laughs> John, I know it's your char- your turn to cover them. So uh, go ahead, hit us with some controversy slash interesting facts, sir. Um, Weird Al got his the weird added to his name when he was being a DJ for his college. He, wa- he covered Wednesday from midnight to 3 a.m. And he needed a DJ name. So one of the people there suggested they add weird to his name and call him Al, because prior to that, he just went by Alfred. Hmm. So he became Weird Al. Hmm. That's quite controversial. Across the sh- across the <laughs> hall from where he did his DJ set is where he recorded his first big hit, My Baloney, which was in- done in his college bathroom across from his recording studio. Are you, are you mispronouncing again and disrespecting the good name of Alfred Matthew Yankovic? It's My Bologna. Bologna! With a guest on the show, you're technically right because it's spelled the, it's definitely the way that's. But yeah, my Bologna. Well, oh yeah, yeah. that's how he pronounces it in the song, okay? But like, it's pronounced baloney, okay? Like, let's be honest. It's a Don't regional thing. I'm going off be. of the documented Doctor Demento pronunciation. Yeah, but no, you're not. Um, you're not wrong, John. You're reading first, it exactly how oh, they, 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 they. You're not wrong. You're still an asshole, but you're not wrong. Don't I might encourage be him. But I'm not nearly as much of an asshole as these guys who literally threw fruit at his group's first uh, set where he opened up for another band. For what, for 45 minutes, people threw fruit at him on stage. And then when they l- left... Could be worse. That's why told- I refuse to play in a grocery store. Yeah, that's 100%. <laughs> we've, ne- we've had... At least in the produce stores. section. Yeah. Yeah. We'll play in the deli. <laughs> yeah. Because that way if Don't they throw salami in... at us, we can catch it in our mouths and it's delicious. <laughs> yeah. Don't play I'll in take... the canned food aisle, whatever you I'll... do. <laughs> no. And, uh, the Weird Al band played for and uh, at the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium as an opening band for the band New Wave. The New Wave band, Missing Persons. And uh, mm. during yeah. that, for the entire 45 minutes set they opened up for him, people were throwing food and other items at him. And then at... After they said they, he was going to his car, setting up, uh, breaking down for the night. A little twelve-year-old boy came up to him and said, "Hey, are you weird Al?" And he's like, "Yeah, I am." The dude then yelled at him and said, "You suck," and then walked off. 
That's how most of our first shows went. <laughs> the uh, Just little kids <laughs> running up to you. You suck. Yeah. If it I wasn't for band. Weird Al song, I lost on Jeopardy. Jeopardy may not have gone back on air. Weird Al saved Jeopardy. There was only one song that wasn't Weird Al's idea, and yeah, you might want to take a guess. I mean, I know like, what it in is. The, of all songs, like a, a parody that he took the idea from someone else. I know oh, the answer to I this question. This. You don't know? Uh, it's in the movie. Isn't it like a virgin? Yeah, like a surgeon. Oh yeah, Madonna actually did come up with the idea for that. She, she jokingly did? brought up the idea. That. I and thought like, that was just asked. like part of the movie. No, no, she yeah. I'll let I'll let John tell the story because it's his segment. But yeah, that's. She was joking about it. She was like, "I wonder when Weird Al is gonna parody my song, like, and make it like like a surgeon or something." And she joked about it. But one of her friends there at the group is I was actually close friends with Al's manager Jay Le- Levy. Who I, I probably butchered yep, that one. Levy is and, right. the, and then pitched the idea to Weird Al, and he's like, "I love this idea," and then made it. See, this is why I have to just take everything from the movie as fact. Because <laughs> I don't know what's real and what's not. Welcome to real life. <laughs> uh, Michael Jackson was such a huge fan of Weird Al that you would have let him do any fa- parody, any of his songs besides one song, which was Black or White. That was the only song that Michael Jackson said was off the I would, I mean, that checks out. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to see Weird Al do Black or White. <laughs> he actually had like uh, one written out for it. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was. Wasn't it a sandwich I can't, song? I can't it was like it. wheat or rye or something like that. <laughs> I, I want to say it was something like that, but he had rye or the Ki- rye or the Kaiser for uh, his parody of "Eye of the Tiger," right. the the theme from Rocky 13. Uh, but yeah, it's something something about sandwiches. I think was would have been the black or white parody. What is it with him and food? Jesus, like he's too skinny to have this like. This right what food you know. fixation. He's a vegan too, if, if I'm not mistaken, or vegetarian. Yeah, he's vegan. It, okay, he, that must have been a, a change later on because, well, John, I don't know if you have anything about the Paul McCartney. Oh yeah, so uh, that was one of the songs that he wouldn't, they wouldn't let him do because of the. Essentially, he changed it to a food theme, and Paul McCartney's like, no, I, that goes against my vegetarianism. What was it, the song? Oh, it was on, supposed to be here. Live and Let Die, and his version was going to be Chicken Pot Pie. Because McCartney uh, is a vegetarian and a staunch vegetarian as well, um, he would not allow him because he didn't want it to be um, to, to sully the song with, you know, talking about the consumption of, of animal flesh. Hmm. It's also one of the reasons why he was on The Simpsons is because they promised to make sure that Lisa would be a vegetarian for the remainder of the series. Oh, he did do vegan wings whenever he went through the gauntlet on Hot Ones. I know that. He and did. he went through the entire gauntlet successfully. But he um, took. Wait, he M- took Cartney or, or. No, Weird Al. No, Weird Al. <laughs> no, no. McCartney like would. McCartney on on hot ones. What? I think that would kill Paul McCartney. I mean, he is Paul 80 McCartney. years old. Paul McCartney on Hot Ones, dear God. I want well, you that. know, you're going to throw a little bit of sauce over here. And a bit of 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 a b
this was a uh, Weird Al's most cart first song is actually Christmas at Ground Zero. Ah, uh, that's fair, I guess. I guess that's fair. I love <laughs> yeah, it. Was, song, I mean, though. it was written in 86, so it was a different meaning at that point. It was. It, it's still, uh, it, it's not, I wouldn't say it's that controversial. I mean, there's definitely been more controversial songs we've uh, discussed on the show than that, but it's probably it, for an uncontroversial person as Weird Al is, it's about the tip of the spear you're gonna get. What about the night Santa went crazy? That feels like it might have caused some uh, some controversy among some households, maybe. That's my favorite Christmas song. That yeah, might, so good. It, it might be, but apparently Christmas at Ground Zero got banned by a lot of record uh, radio stations. So. Oh, okay. That's, the, that's all it really says. It doesn't bring up the other one. Like, I mean, I think the entirety of Shaquille O'Neal's rap career is more controversial than that song. Yeah, you're right. Frank. Uh, Coolio you're... definitely uh, regrets not allowing uh, for being the only person that rejected a parody, but his studio did approve it. So that was interesting. But he does came out later and says, uh, you know, Weird Al came out and said, like, you know, Coolio... Never said anything about cashing the checks that he got for the royalties on it. <laughs> oh, Rest weird. in peace, Coolio. Yeah. Prince weird. is probably his passed. worst enemy, though. Prince was Weird Al's <laughs> oh, enemy. Yes. I his know nemesis. this story. Nemesis. <laughs> he uh, repeatedly called and tried to get a permission to cover parody his songs. And, you know, he cut, he gave up after a while, but it, Prince didn't give up. They were supposed to be seated next to each other at an event. And Prince's group said, Weird Al is not even allowed to look at him. He does not even let to look at me. It was a note that was passed down by one of Prince's entourages, entourage members, handed Al a note that said, you are not to look at Prince. <laughs> Which You can't parody Purple Rain with Yellow Snow. Sorry, that doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't surprise I, me in the least. I think Weird Al, he, that Al has like said... Like with the Paul McCartney story, you know, like Paul had a reason, a very specific reason why he didn't like the idea of the song. But right. Prince was the only one who consistently said no and never gave reasons why. He was just like against the idea of parodies altogether. <clears throat> and that's why I don't like Prince. <laughs> he takes his music very seriously. You can't blame him. I mean, he's he always considered himself an artist first and foremost. But one thing we talked about it a little bit earlier in the intro, or at least John did. One thing you do have to respect Weird Al for was that after the whole Coolio issue uh, with what had happened with that was a miscommunication between the record labels. Uh, Weird Al's record label contacted Coolio's record label. They got the approval for the parody. The problem is Coolio was never on board with it. The fact with parody law is that you do not have to have permission. Weird Al's the one who prefers to have the permission though. And he thought everything was good. Julio obviously blew it out of proportion, but from that point on, Weird Al made a point that he would contact the artist directly and get their permission before doing any parodies from that point on in his career. So, gotta give him credit for that. With that train of thought, the opposite also occurred later on in 2004 with James Blunt. He wanted to cover You're Beautiful, and James Blunt's like, 100% 100% let's fucking do this and then the studio came and was like absolutely not not happening that also happened with Lady Gaga for yeah. perform this way he uh, sought out permission to do his own version the record label said no but nothing was communicated to Gaga that was actually more complicated than that it was like Al reached out to, or like to her management and they said 
well, we like the idea of it, but we would need to hear it before we were willing to give permission. And he was like, well, that kind of is pointless because like it's going to sound exactly like her song. You only need to know the other words. So he wrote all the words. He's like, no, no, we need to hear the finished song before we can approve it. So he like went home early from a vacation to record it in his home studio, record the whole song, submit it, and then they rejected it. So he released it for free on his YouTube and told the story of what happened. And it wasn't until then that Lady Gaga even found out that he was talking to her people. She was never told about it. And it was like rejected on her behalf without her knowledge. And she reached out to him directly and was like, hey, this is great. I love this. Go for it. And then it all worked out. I can appreciate her a lot. Just for yeah. her. She's always had kind of a punk rock attitude. And I, yeah. and I love that. She, she did everything she could to get the attention she needed for people to actually hear her and hear the music that she wrote. And then after that was happening, where she was getting full attention, she's like, all right, I don't have to wear a meat dress anymore. Now I can actually dress like a normal human being. Maybe exaggerated <laughs> hats, but she, that's about she, it. She did almost the thing, same thing Madonna did. Madonna did it almost identical. You know, beginning of her career, very crazy out there. Oh, I'm overly sexual, and then really mellowed out later on in the career. Well, that, no, I, she's never mellowed out. Where are you getting this from? <laughs> yeah, I actually, I could sit in a room with Lady Gaga and have a logical and wonderful conversation. If I sat in a room with Madonna, I would feel like I'm talking to a, some sort of brick that people kind of made into a Mr. Potato Head, and uh, somehow it was brought to life via Pinocchio. That's that's 2020 era Madonna. And because it's Madonna, you just have to like strap, you know, the cone bra and like a dildo on it or something. Because I, I can't imagine her doing anything other than that. She Wait, just... Madonna was married to Guy Ritchie. Oh my lord! Jesus yeah. Christ, so. John. <laughs> Anyway, back to back to where I'm almost done. Almost done. Uh, singer Don McLean got so caught up with Weird Al at one point doing the saga begins with him that he was he got all right. I'll just say the story. I'll just read the story. Yankovic managed to write the lyrics based on spoilers that he was getting online from people, and he actually ended up having to buy tickets for pre-screening for charity for the phantom menace just to make sure that all the spoilers were good and that he wasn't like lying and like this is all accurate stuff and it was actually like 98 percent accurate to the movie so like the song was actually ended up being released to the movie and it was just full of spoilers don mclean got so caught up with the show that he would actually go home and start doing singing bits of the saga begins on accident while doing american pie related event stuff so he'd be on stage or at the studio doing American Pie, and then all of a sudden we just start doing the saga begins. <laughs> and George Lucas was like, "I'm a huge fan, but like, hey, you really can't don't don't do this. You're spoiling my movie." Are there any other artists that loved Al's cover so much that they just play it live? I feel I like, like Kurt Cobain would have eventually because yeah. he yeah. really like. I think he was the one who was quoted in saying, "Once Weird Al's cover you cover or parodied you, you've truly made it." Yeah. I know that Red Hot Chili Peppers were very upset after the song came out. They they did approve it and thought, yeah, Weird Al pairing us? That would be amazing. But Under the Bridge was so close to Anthony Kiedis that after the song came out, it kind of pissed him off because he was like, you took a very serious song about me recovering from heroin addiction and made it into a Flintstones riff. 
So I know he was upset about it, and I know that Mark Mothersbaugh, Devo, wasn't mad. He was mad that Al was able to parody his sound so perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Because he yeah. thought he was doing something so unique, and then Al did it, and he's like, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah, Mark Mothersbaugh said that Weird Al wrote the best Devo song. Yes. <laughs> All right, to wrap this up, the list of artists who've refused Weird Al. Yoko Ono. It would have been a better song. <laughs> it would have been an upgrade. James Blunt via his studio. U2. Yeah. Julio. Eminem, but only the music video. He was allowed to do the song, but no music video. Paul McCartney because of the whole vegetarianism thing. Prince because he didn't want to. Michael Jackson for one song. Jimmy Page. Daniel Powder, which was just a misunderstanding. And Billy Joel. Beck was also on that list as well. And oh, yeah, the, yeah, and Beck. Yep. The reason why for Beck was that he, he claimed that critics already thought he was a joke as it was, so he didn't want to add that to it. Nobody takes me seriously as it is. I can't let Weird yeah. Al cover me. Well, you, you did bear? write a whole song about how you're a loser. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of on brand here, Beck. I mean, every one of his albums, every one of Weird Al's albums has a polka um, medley in it. And yeah. a lot of the songs that he puts in that medley are a lot of those songs that he doesn't get permission doesn't get to actually permission. do. Yeah, to do the, Beck uh, would the parody itself of. Beck he no, he did, he did one, Alternative Polka. Gotcha. Yeah. One of my favorite like things about like the effect that Weird Al has had on the way that I discovered music growing up was when I would hear the Weird Al polkas and they were full of songs I didn't know. And then you hear the real one later and you're like, wait, what is this song? This should be on accordion. Like <laughs> I definitely heard the alternative polka before I ever heard Basket Case by Green Day. And when I finally heard it, I was like, hey, this isn't silly enough. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't sound like it belongs in a circus at all. Yeah. Do I mean, there's, you have there's... the time to listen to? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a couple are... of Weird Al songs. When I think of the original, I cannot get past Weird Al's lyrics. And I, I really think American Pie is one of them. I was trying to sing it in my head earlier today, and I'm like, my, my, this here Anakin. God, no, wrong, wrong lyrics. Wrong yeah. version, wrong one. All right, final fact. He couldn't get a job at McDonald's when he graduated from college because he was overqualified. Yeah. <laughs> he has written two children's books. Yes, I have both of them. One of them signed. He is a self-admitted hoarder, and his wife, when they moved in together, got rid of several hundred T-shirts from him, from his house. Sounds like me. Yeah. Yeah, I have way too many T-shirts. Me and Weird Al have something in common. If you had to guess... How many songs do you think he's recorded? 50, 100, 400, or 150? That's 150,000. And he's performed over 1,000 live shows. It's only 150 songs he's recorded? Yep. That feels low to me, honestly. Yeah, that feels he like a low number. Recorded <laughs> and released. Yeah, and he, released? Okay. He sticks with 12-track uh, albums. He doesn't yeah. tend to go above that. He probably has several hundred unrecorded, just unreleased. Yeah. I do recall, because he generally does a balance. He'll do six originals and six parodies, or, or uh, five parodies and then one polka medley. Yeah. But I do recall one of the best pictures that I've ever seen for Weird Al is of him in his house teaching his daughter piano lessons. 
and it's a really sweet picture, the two of them at the piano, but behind them on the wall are all of his platinum and gold records. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, just giving my daughter piano lessons, no pressure. <laughs> and it seems awesome. accurate. <laughs> Can we tell a story about Weird Al as a hoarder? Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, this okay. is. I feel like this is the the place to put it. Yeah, because okay. I didn't know he was a hoarder, but it, it tracks with with an experience that we had, and I'll let Gary tell that story. Okay. Yeah. So this was shortly after we released our second album, if you could call it that. Our first album was kind of an experimentation of singles, which we later released as like a collection. But Volume Two, now that's the spirit. That's the name of the album. When we released that album back in 2019, 19, yeah, we did a cover of Weird Al's "I'll Be Mellow When I'm Dead," one of the best early '80s punk songs of all time. Um, which a lot of people don't know that about Weird Al. You know, he he's he's a punk pioneer. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we did a cover of that song. That song resonates with me greatly. Um, so when we were talking about covers and we were talking about potentially doing a Weird Al cover. Kenneth had reminded me of that song and I was like it was John actually oh, it was our, John. our old bass our player our old bass player John reminded me of that song and I was like that song to me now resonates with me greatly so we chose that song to do a cover of we had a lot of fun doing it we went through all the appropriate channels through DistroKid shout out DistroKid they make everything so easy to license um, covers whenever you wanted to release a cover so we worked through DistroKid and they connected all the dots with they connect basically like smaller artists with licensing to be able to cover songs and depending on who holds the licenses who end up ends up getting that information for i'll be mellow when i'm dead it goes straight to weird al's camp um because he owns all the rights to all of that stuff he's not even on a label anymore he's, since mandatory fun came out he's an independent artist and he owns all the masters and everything of all of his old stuff yeah. too now. So no Taylor's versions of his music. No Taylor, already... no Al's versions coming out anytime <laughs> soon. That would be so, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So we get, and I'm like, cool, I have a piece of paper with our band name and Weird Al connecting us, you know, legally, technically. You know, we pay him royalties, you know, like a fraction of a penny uh, here and there. But, uh, so the album comes out, we do our album release show, a few months go by, and um at the time we were working with havoc underground which still do quite a bit um and so jake from havoc who's also uh in the band dial drive awesome band another fest band um he's like he runs all the havoc underground merch store which is where we were selling like physical copies of our album and stuff he's like hey uh I've, I'm, I'm late getting to you on this but there's a guy asking um said that he didn't get um a copy of the cd that he purchased from the website do you think you could here's the order do you think you can try to get it out to him as soon as possible because you know this i was traveling or he was on tour or something like that and it sat in his inbox for a while so the guy was basically messaging saying like hey where's my cd that i bought pretty much very nice about it though turns out that guy was john bermuda shorts yes so which if for the listeners who don't know is weird al's drummer weird al's drummer has been weird al's drummer since 1983 he banged on an accordion case with him at the dot demento show yep um been there since the very start so <clears throat> he reaches out via email 
uh, to the Havoc Underground store that gets forwarded to us. And Jake is like, is this, who's, who? I'm like, Jake, I was like, do you know who this is? And he's like, no, not really. I'm like, this is Bermuda shorts. So I reach out to him. I'm, I'm like, you know, Bermuda, I'm sorry. We're such huge fans. Obviously, you know, we, we wouldn't have covered this song otherwise. Um, I'm going to get this out to you, like expedite it as soon as possible. And he replies back. He's like, great. We're getting a copy for the archive where basically they keep everything that like Weird Al releases and all that stuff. Um, I'm assuming wherever they are, you know, I'm not going to disclose any like details or anything, but uh, any address details, but you know, we sent it to their PO box. So they got all of it. And, and I was skeptical at first, you know, like I don't even guys believed me until I showed them. It was like from a email at the domain of, their official site right? right and it's like you can't you can't spoof that right so it was definitely him definitely bermuda um so yeah i sent him one of everything we had i sent him the <laughs> cd cassette tape stickers pins every single thing that we had i was like i don't care if you just take it and throw it away i just want to know that you have it <laughs> all right you i sent it you know that we sent this to you so hopefully it made it there you know, I checked the tracking, it got delivered and everything, but hopefully somewhere in California in the Weird Al's archive managed by Bermuda, there is a copy of our album with our Weird Al cover on it. And that, that is, is hands down probably the crowning achievement of my professional music career. <laughs> um, you know, we've done some pretty insane shit in this band um, creatively you know just like and that's just one of the insane creative things that you know we we're not we haven't been successful by any means but we've done stuff in this band like that stuff has happened that i don't i don't know i don't even know how to explain it yeah you know like it's just the coolest thing that could happen and it happened and it really speaks to the like how comprehensive that archive must be right that they're not just putting the things that al does but like any officially licensed cover of a Weird Al thing is going in that archive as well. Right. That's That also just shows like just how invested and proud they are as a group. Yeah, which, right. Like they're not only just like doing, they're not doing it for the money at that point anymore. Not, not saying that they ever really did, but like they're definitely just doing it for the love of their music and their art that they have, <laughs> which is Al's not doing like, it for the money. Gap. Al's out, out there on tour and he's like, God, when is this going to die down so I can get to my architecture? I have so many designs. <laughs> I just want to architect, but the people demand parodies. <laughs> they got like this giant like book, this tome, yeah. like, and he's like, and it's all just ridiculous designs. Like, see this? Like, like he this said, like McDonald's. Being, I planned for Cupertino, California. Like, I'm never gonna like build leaning tower pizza. <laughs> the pyramid, Eiffel Tower. He's like, I gotta get to this. It's ten years. You go into Weird Al's basement, and all you see are books and papers lying all over the shelves of many different architecture designs. And he comes out dressed like Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. What if <laughs> he just seen like, my designs? <laughs> what if he just like could not give a shit less about architecture? So like somebody who's a huge Weird Al fan, they know they're about to meet them. They like study all the stuff about architecture. Like I want to have something to talk to him about. You know, like we could connect on a different level. And then they meet him. And it's like I heard you really into architecture. Like, I mean, yeah, I went to school for it, but I'm not really into it that much. It's just like, <laughs> uh, what? What if, <laughs> the whole what thing if he actually? 
what if we, we we ask the question about it and it's not actual architecture like what we think like building buildings it's actually like spaghetti architecture like he just makes <laughs> fettuccine buildings <laughs> or, or it's like i'm a database architect like it had nothing to do with buildings they got it i wrong haven't updated my, my certificates Look, my Indeed profile is a little off, okay, guys? It's not even like comp TIA++. It's like comp, just comp. Yeah. Just that updated. Not even Java yet. Uh, Getting into some real nerd shit here on this episode. <laughs> whenever I'm with it, though. Whenever we're coming up with this idea, like I, I always wanted to, I wanted to feature bands that we want to showcase because... It's the ones that don't have PR teams that are completely independent that we want to hear you because you're the ones that actually have the most passion with your music because you're the ones that are actually fully invested in what you write. But I did have the idea if we ever got to a point where we were hosting celebrities on any show, we wouldn't do it on this. We'd have a separate program, but we would talk about absolutely nothing to do with their career <laughs> because oh, yeah. I, I, there's just no point. I like, I don't, I, I, I told Kenneth whenever we were messaging back and forth, we don't do an interview format necessarily because you just, we just want you to engage right? because we wanted to be like hanging out with your buddies. That's kind of the idea that we have. And so, I mean, think of somebody like Henry Cavill coming on, you know how excited he would be to talk about Warhammer. Oh yeah. He would be to talk <laughs> about any fucking Witcher series or anything like that. He'd be like, all right, let me tell you my build right now. <laughs> Like, right. that's what I want. So if you get Weird Al and be like, let's talk architecture, hell yes. <laughs> I am one million percent invested in that. <laughs> well, I love those types of shows where you can, like, find out what somebody's, like, actually into. And it takes, like, a very rare host to be able to do that. Like, Joe Rogan is a complete shithead now. But, like, back in the day, he would have some pretty interesting folks on from some very specialized, like, areas of science and stuff like that before he went, like, way off onto the right wing and to be able to find hosts that you know like him and like you know chris hardwick did a good job with that too in some cases with the nerdist podcast way way back in the day before his that everybody's just a piece of shit um but slicked back hair slicked back hair white bathed suit sloppy steaks sloppy your steaks. <laughs> um we're big i think you should leave fans here in penguin but um yeah, I love it when people can pull that stuff out of like celebrities, like this mystique of like, these are people, you know? And I love it when shows and, and hosts can do that. I want to know what Weird Al's into. Like, has he done any like really long form where he just talks about personal stuff, like what he's into? I mean, I know I how to build the perfect Twinkie Wiener sandwich because of him. So Yeah. yeah. Oh, I had Twinkie Wiener sandwiches at my, at my Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Uh, premiere party uh, i tried to get pickled wieners too but they didn't have them at bucky's so i got pickled quail eggs instead oh. figured it was close enough i mean at, at, when you pickle something it just all tastes like vinegar yeah so also the uh, uh, disney channel special i'm sorry to cut you off kenneth go ahead there is a bit where he is acting like the high and mighty celebrity in the hotel room ordering room service i'm trying not to spoil the whole thing because you need to watch it but yeah he uh he orders i think it was like 200 uh uh, Twinkie Wiener sandwiches, a sumo wrestler that shoots grapes out of its belly button <laughs> and sings opera. And then he wanted a tofu bust of Pat Sajak's head. And he goes, oh yeah, I'm bringing up in five minutes or no tip. And then hangs up the phone and then it pans to later on. And he goes, well, you got the Twinkie Wieners 
and you got everything else, but, and then it shows the tofu head and it goes, but this doesn't look like, this doesn't look like Pat Sajak at all. This looks like Alex Trebek. And then he tears into it and he goes, and where's the gooey cream filling? <laughs> and it's just, and I'm like, I, I would love to know what his rider is. <laughs> For any of his shows, I want to know what he has. Oh backstage. my gosh, the top it's 10 all for show. riders are ridiculous. I know his, for a long, his riders got to be super chill though. When he first started touring and got to get a rider, uh, he put a, a Hawaiian shirt on his rider, which is how he got so many of them. Um, <laughs> was by putting them on his rider on the tour. Wow. Yeah, Jack Daniels, that's on his rider. <laughs> what was it? Lemmy used to bring in a canvas not a canvas bag but a duffel bag that he would fill with jack daniels to everywhere that he traveled to so if he was going to an interview or if he was going to a concert he would have a duffel bag filled with jack daniels bottles and i remember dave Grohl told the story once where they were talking about doing the probot album that lemmy hopped on with him and lemmy sits down and they're all in their chairs in a circle and Lemmy pulls out a bottle of Jack Daniels and he hands it to Dave. Dave goes, oh, okay. So he opens it and he takes a swig and he passes it along. And then he sees Lemmy pulling out other bottles and he realizes that it's all supposed to be individually. <laughs> Everybody gets their own. The pangolin duffel bag would be full of cold ones. Cold ones, baby. Big old bag full of cold ones. That's what we call Yoohoo. <laughs> so we went, we did a show and in nashville recently for yeah. jorts fest shout out ghost town remedy oh yeah awesome band um they do they're doing their own kind of version of fest in the nashville area and, and the first one was this year so we went up there and we crashed at our bass player josh's parents house and he's just got like the best folks in the world <laughs> they sent us like up all these treats they were so excited to have guests and uh they got us a bunch of snacks and like two cases of yoohoo yeah so we were just like pounding yoohoo's all weekend <laughs> we're we are the least party punk band oh ever. my god chocolate like wasted around. all weekend yeah, yeah. <laughs> just sitting around snuggling up, snacks drinking yoohoo's that's how we party baby yeah john was about to talk and then was interrupted by a dog oh one of the dogs weird al's uh writer is actually kind of funny i like it go for like it. he you said the t-shirt the t-shirt not very normal stuff like Wi-Fi access, you know, house, you know, the rooms, assignments and stuff, everything, very basic stuff. But number five, the local 501st Legion must be ready. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry, but like, that's great. I, I like that you picked Weird Al because the last episode again that we recorded was really heavy so this was nice this was simply really orange nice. juice of it course simply orange one gallon no pulp simply orange juice no exception the last monster ev- episode he? was about simply orange juice and that's why it was so heavy <laughs> i was like what the hell does simply orange juice do it's simply the orange juice <laughs> it's so, better than nothing i guess <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did want to end this episode on the following, and I think, Kenneth, I sent this to you, if I'm not mistaken. This was oh. brought up in our group chat this week. Oh. Jay, you're mouthing something. Rant. Oh, I forgot. Jay has a rant. No Dasani water bottles. It said 24 <laughs> room temperature bottles, bottles of spring bottles. any bottles. type. 
any brand except Dasani. What did Dasani do? Dasani has too much sodium in it. Yeah, Dasani is, is the worst water. It's the worst water. <laughs> it's pool water. It's terrible. It it's got, it's you know just what? chlorine and sodium. I'm glad that this Dasani talk is getting me all ramped up because I got a fucking rant right now. Okay? <laughs> oh, no. Let's hear it. Ladies I don't. I just. I'm. Here's the thing. He rants when he's pissed about something. This is Weird Al, man. Just why? <laughs> just I know. We'll see what you got to say about Weird Al. All right, Jay. I don't have a countdown because we're not timing you anymore. So go for it, my friend. <laughs> All right, look, I get it. You were nerdcore before it was cool. Yeah, a forty-year career. It's impressive, but honestly, what have you ever done? besides leave millions of smiles on fans' faces and put comedy music in the mainstream multiple times. <laughs> How dare you peddle polka parodies to the youth with your clean but funny songs? <laughs> you make such entertaining songs that they end up making me forget the original versions. Who the hell is Chamillionaire anyways? <laughs> you should totally be proud that your music is the ultimate ultimate dog whistle for every tucked-in polo, khaki short-wearing, New Balance-having father at the barbecue to get down like they're spinning a terrible copy of Now That's What I Call Dad Bops, Volume 5. Write that down. Oh, yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> that's your next album title. <laughs> Who haven't you parodied? You know you've made it as a musician when Weird Al has parodied you, right? Well, Al, you can't parody yourself. But I got the next best thing for you. You know you've truly made it when Jay rants about you. So congratulations, Al. You've really made it because I just fucking ranted on you. But seriously, thank you for all the years of laughs and the countless songs that I know we've all enjoyed. We appreciate you for what you've done. Now let me tell you about this motherfucker. No. Well done. The dad buddy. that oh. you described. There's a song on our next album, Jay, that you're going to like. Very is this much. is this a reveal? Should we? We'll have to tell. Ooh, I don't think so. All no, of no, our. No. We'll have to tell all all both of our fans if they wanted to learn something about a new song on the album. <laughs> hey, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> all three, yo. <laughs> <laughs> but look, the uh, the now that's what I call Dad Bops Volume Five. If you decide to use that name, I only ask for five percent of royalties. <laughs> you got it. That sounds like a covers album to me. Yeah. We have we have a covers album uh, EP called uh, "Good Songs Played Poorly," and I I thought the next one was going to be called "Adults Bop," but now that's what I call Dad Bops. Is <laughs> that's maybe really, better. I, I also request one guest track on one song. That's it. I, I would it. like one as well. I have been singing for almost thirty years. Guest <laughs> and you can all re- reference General Sal's Fury on Spotify. That's me. We're good. <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, uh, before we go, I do want to mention again, you are our first guest on the Simply the Fest Marathon, so thank you so much for that. I do have to ask you, though, tell us when you're playing at Fest, tell us any bands that you want us to check out as well, anybody that you want to plug that are friends that are hopping on. Kenneth, when are we playing at Fest? We're playing, <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. I, uh, I Trust me, I know that schedule is maddening. It is. Uh, we are playing on Friday. Friday. We are playing at Lucy's. At Lucy's. And we play second at Lucy's, and I think it's at like two fifteen or two, something. I think it's two fifteen somewhere around two. Just get there early. Yeah. Go, just leave get there early. Lucy. Get to Lucy's. Yeah. Just make Lucy's right away. Everybody. I mean, pretty much everybody's grabbing it. You, you, yeah. You do registration. You hit Lucy's. That's pretty much. The, this is a huge. 
deal for us. Like this is this is by far the best spot. That, I mean, the time slot could be better, but it's Lucy's. We're we've officially made it in terms of fest. Oh yeah, we're playing Lucy's. But but Bacinos was awesome. Great crowd, great show. But I've been going to fest for ages, and Lucy's is like mecca for me. You know, like I'm I'm, I'm very excited about it. And as far as other friends of ours that are playing, uh, I know that you guys know Plastic Flamingos. Check out Plastic Flamingos. Yep. Great buds. We met them at our at both of our first fest. We played the same show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been best buds with those guys ever since. Dial Drive playing, 430 Steps. 430 Steps. Uh, uh, <laughs> there's just so many. There's a lot. <laughs> Basically, every band we know is playing. Just check, out, just, you know, just check out everybody. Just <laughs> it's go a, see, it's just a long go list. But it's a, it is a long it's a long list, but everybody's a great in a oh, great dude. band. Good buds like, of ours, less than Jake, you know. Yeah, like, good friends, ooh, less um, than Jake. The descendants, just you know, pals of ours. Just some way to name drop, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I always tell people like we're playing with less than. J- I mean, we're not playing with less than Jake. <laughs> we're on the same flyer. Yeah. go check out our. We've been and- on. We've been on the same flyer with less than Jake before. They played at Hurricane Party last year. And uh, we were there too. And so I tell people like, we've played with them before. I mean, like they don't know who we are, yeah. but we were there too. <laughs> we were- I mean, their name is like an inch big on the flyer. Ours is like a micron, but yeah. you know, like, but it's, it's the same there. thing. It's, it's on there. I did that with Motion City Soundtrack because we played <laughs> Florida Supercon in Miami, which was fucking chaos they did not have anything organized they had bands playing at three o'clock in the morning it was it was the dumbest and there was nobody there um it was the dumbest thing but the first night motion city soundtrack played we didn't play until sunday and all that happened is they went up they did a short set because fest or not fest wrestling it was uh supercon wrestling took priority over motion city soundtrack set (laughs) Like, of all things. Yeah. And then the guys, like, came off stage, and we ended up hanging out with them for a while. And they're the nicest guys. And they were just like, yeah, they cut our set short because of that. And they pointed across this conference (laughs) hall, and it's like, you know, somebody dressed as a skyscraper, somebody dressed as Godzilla having an amateur wrestling match across the way. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Little do you know, that was actually Kenny Omega in one of those. <laughs> 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 he Most was the skyscraper. I also, have to, soundtrack. I also have to give out a shout out to our mutual buddy, Mr. Tim Bruder, because it seems oh, yeah. like yeah. every band that is hopping on our show fucking knows tim somehow. everybody knows tim. <laughs> tim is in our our good songs played poorly uh vhs youtube special yeah he <laughs> plays two two roles in it yeah um yeah everybody knows well, i mean especially if you're a band that plays fest you know tim yeah tim knows every band that plays fest and tim, tim, tim is, is just very sweet guy. guy very very yeah. sweet guy some other bands yeah. real quick check out suck Brick kid virginity oh, yeah. um glazed is really really good check them out um, they don't know us, but I want to be best friends with them. They're <laughs> they're really cool. Um, just so many great bands playing fest. Um, also, I don't know when is this coming up. This will be out on Friday. This will be out on my thirty sixth birthday. I'm Woo! so happy. If you're listening to this on Friday, also Florida Underground Fest in Orlando, downtown Orlando on Mills yes. Avenue. Come check it out too. It's all the best punk indie hardcore bands that uh are from florida so it's saturday and sunday um super cheap to get both days also there's a pre-show 
Friday night. Yeah, tonight if you're listening to this. Tonight if you're listening day. to this early. There's a pre-show tonight, so hurry. You got to run. <laughs> um, but yeah, also check that out too. That's that's a really great show. And we got, Best. I don't want to announce like dates or anything, but we do have new music and singles coming out very, very, very soon. Yes, like Excellent. very soon. We want to get new stuff out before Fest so that people have something new to listen yeah. to and We've been playing the same set for so long. We gotta, we gotta freshen it up. We've been sitting on these songs since before COVID, and then we had a big ramp up to do an album, and then COVID happened. So we did a covers EP in 2020. Then we did in 2021 the most insane thing that we have ever done: a giant rock opera based on the Universal monsters called Pangolin Presents the Family Ghouls. Oh, yeah. um, and then now we're finally getting back around to this album. And we've gone through like two drummers since then. Um, our longtime bassist and creative partner, John, who's still involved with us. He's no longer playing in the band. So it's been a lot. We're finally getting around to these songs, but we've been playing, sitting on these new songs for like almost three years now because of COVID and stuff. So finally getting it out there. I'm going to plug Chilled Monkey Brains uh, because they are also playing Florida Underground Fest. Hell and they're good yeah. Mine. Love those guys. Steve is uh older brother, needless to say, in the ska world. Yeah. So shout out to our buddies. But I do want to thank Kenneth and Gary for hopping on the show. Go check out Pangolin. They are available on streaming services right now. They do have some new music coming out very soon. You will see them also at Fest. All of you Festies that are listening, thank you again for your support. We do really appreciate everybody that has contributed to the show as well as wanting to come on. Thank you again for that. Uh, we are breaking in Jay's fest virginity this year because he Ooh, has never wow. been. Um, Festinity. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, God, why <laughs> you got to do the motions, you fucker? You got you to go sorry. see virginity's set at fest. Yeah, you have to. If it's your now, first time. Now you have to. Okay. It's the only virginity I've known for many years. They're great. I love those guys. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. On behalf of John, Jay, Kenneth, Gary, Pangolin, and Parlay Radio, my name is Devin Hughes. I have already said great day, so I should say good night. Parlay Radio is a journalistic educational commentary podcast hosted by Jay Bain, John Coleman, and Devin Hughes. On the mention of bands and materials used, we are protected by fair use and copyright as we provide criticism and commentary through satirical means. We don't own the rights to any bands or stories mentioned, but we do have the right to offer criticism and commentary. Incidental music is provided by Cloudkicker, and Creative Commons tracks in the public domain. If you have a band or suggestion for the show, you can find us on Facebook at Parlay Radio, on Instagram at Parlay Radio Podcast, or on TikTok at Parlay Radio. You may also email us at parlayradio at gmail.com. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to our show if you enjoy what you hear. Thank you for listening.